Welcome to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have real, honest, smart, and sometimes even hilarious conversations about co-parenting, separation, and divorce, and all that goes along with that. I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, Certified Life and Relationship Coach, and Happily Divorced Mom, who helps women decide if they should stay in or leave their marriages, and then guides them through the process one step at a time. Hey everyone, happy end of summer to you. Most of your kids probably went back to school like weeks ago. My son doesn't go back till after Labor Day, so we are winding it down I'm going to jump in today because I have a great episode for you. I brought on a very special guest named Jason Lavoie. Jason is a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach who helps people navigate the divorce process from an attorney's point of view. He works with both people who have attorneys and those who don't. He's the creator of the most comprehensive online divorce coaching resource on the internet called Divorce You, which we will talk about in this episode. And I think we're just going to dive into it because there is so much rich information here. Hey, Jason. Hey, Kate. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I am excited to have this conversation. I have not yet had uh, a legal conversation on my podcast. I've talked about the legal system. Um, I've talked about some of the issues uh, that I see in the legal system, but I have not actually had an expert in the legal system on my podcast. So you are the very first. Uh, Well, I'm very honored. And now you put a lot of pressure on me. (laughs) Get it all right, would you? <laughs> <laughs> when, when you say expert, I look around the room. I'm like, what? <laughs> who's, who's she talking about? <laughs> uh, that's you. Um, will you give us, give us a little background about uh, where you come from? You, you were a divorce attorney, right? That is true in my former life. In your former life. Tell us a little bit about your journey uh, in that and out of that and where you are now. Sure. I I had a career before I became an attorney. I won't uh, bore everybody with that, but I was in corporate communications. I was going to be a writer for TV film. I was in graduate school out in Southern California. I was going to be, you know, an entertainer, so to speak. I'm from back east, New Jersey. Uh, I decided after living in California for a couple of years that I did not want to live in California for the majority of my life. Hey, now watch it. You know, that's where I live, right? (laughs) I know. And it's beautiful. Something about palm trees in November, December. I don't know. It's it's pretty rad. But I did grow up in New York. So um, I don't know if I told you that, but I did grow up in New York City. So I get it. Yeah, you get it. I, I love the change of seasons. You know, I don't know. It's just... I'm an East Coaster. What can I say? Um, Don't hate me. (laughs) I don't. I don't. (laughs) So I moved back home uh, to the East Coast and I got into communications and I thought that was the road I was going in. Uh, Then law school and being an attorney was always an itch that I just had to scratch. And so I had the opportunity to to go and I just bit the bullet and, and went. And when I went to law school, I actually went with the design and intent to practice matrimonial law and become a divorce attorney, Mm -hmm. um, which is odd. Most people don't really do that. Why was that what you wanted to focus on? That is a very good question. You know, I have to say, in all honesty, it probably stems from my upbringing. Mm -hmm. I'm the middle of three brothers. So you could say maybe I have a little middle child syndrome going. Um, I was always the mediator in my family. Oh, interesting. Okay. Did your parents stay together or did they get divorced? No, they stayed together. They stayed together, but you were the mediator, but as being the middle child. Right. I just kind of fell into that role. And not only the mediator between my parents, but the mediator between my brothers, my brothers and and my parents. And, you know, in the rare times when I was actually involved um, with, you know, a dispute or something going on, then obviously I wasn't the mediator. Somebody else had to step in but they weren't necessarily necessarily the mediator. <laughs> they were just like the referee. Right. Um, but I, I think that had a lot to do with it, in all honesty, because I always wanted to help kind of diffuse situations and, and just 
help people like get past whatever it was they, they couldn't get past of. Got it. Okay. And so that's why I went to law school. And after law school, that's what I did. Um, I practiced divorce law for a number of years. Um, and then after doing that, I realized that that was something I didn't want to do for the rest of my life either because I got into that whole line of work to actually help people and I wasn't helping people or I didn't feel like I was helping people. And why was that? Was that because you were more mediating disputes than, than creating something healthy, happy? What was, what was it that made you not feel like you were helping people? Well, I can give you, if we have time, I'll give you a little story about it. Um, because this was literally the catalyst for what I do today. I was in my office. Um, I was working at a small firm, uh, a matrimonial firm in, in New Jersey, and I was on the phone. I had this one case, two young, two young couples, or one couple, well, they were young, and I represented the wife, and the husband had an attorney, and I actually got along with the attorney just fine. But these people were arguing over who was going to pick up the child. They shared one child together and they were arguing and paying me to spend hours uh, over who was going to pick this child up on a Saturday morning, you know, versus like 10 o'clock versus 12 o'clock. I mean, hours, Kate. And, wow. you know, attorneys typically charge at an hourly rate, right? So hours on this one little issue. And I, I finally got to the point, I hung up the phone. I remember it like it was yesterday. I hung up the phone, put my hands up in the air and I said, there's got to be a better way you know, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Um, it's not fair to anybody, including me, um, you know, because I, I have these people that I have to charge now hundreds of dollars and sometimes we'll get into thousands of dollars on this one trivial at the time, you know, it was a trivial issue in the scheme of things. And that's when it just hit me that, you know, this is not the way it should be working. So I got out. <laughs> I, I literally quit. I quit practicing divorce law. And uh, even to this day, I don't represent anybody directly in the divorce anymore. Okay. And so what do you do now? So now I do divorce coaching, uh-huh. which, uh, you know, you're very familiar with and <laughs> many of your listeners are familiar with, but I do divorce coaching slightly different than most other people do it. I do it from a legal perspective from an attorney's point of view. Which I think makes you, makes it really unique, right? I mean, well, I mean, I think that there are divorce, there are divorce coaches that cover uh, lots of aspects, right? I work on the sort of psycho-emotional and logistical and strategic, and you really, you do strategy as well, but, but really from the legal perspective. Right. I mean, I kind of cover, you know, everything and, and a lot of it blends together, but uh, as an attorney, I can offer you know, a unique perspective on, on things and coach people in a different way than somebody who's not an attorney. Right. Um, and so that's, that's the focus of what I do now. And I find it so much more satisfying um, because I actually am helping people. And, you know, it's funny, I got into it starting to help people I thought who couldn't afford attorneys um, because there were a lot of them out there mm-hmm. um, and I know they need help. But it's funny, I, a lot, I work with a lot of people who actually have attorneys. Um, and they want to work with me for different reasons, but I never really thought that would be the case. Interesting. And so what do you do with the people who have attorneys? How do you work with your clients? Well, the first thing I do is I make sure not to undermine whatever their attorney is advising them on. Yeah. Um, unless they're really asking me or they're questioning what their attorney is doing and they're coming to me for a, a clear second opinion. That's a different story. But my motto is, you know, A, if you can afford an attorney, hire one because I'm not a substitute for that, even though I am an attorney. I'm not your attorney. Right. Um, so, you know, go out and get one. And if you want to supplement me with that, that's fine. Um, you know, I'm a lot cheaper than your attorney's hourly rate um, because I don't charge hourly. And so a lot of people use me kind of in between big ticket items in their divorce, you know, whether it's hearings or, um, you know, they just want to bounce something off of me. I'm very accessible. And so they like that relationship. And, but basically I really try to not, not to interfere with whatever their attorney is doing with them too. Uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about this, but so what do you feel like 
are the pitfalls of the legal system, sort of the most common pitfalls of the legal system that people should look out for. Let's say if you've got somebody who's about to go into this and um, what would you tell them to look out for? Well, do we have three hours? <laughs> <laughs> we could turn it into a three-quarter. <laughs> yeah, right. We might have to. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to, to cover, but um, I'll touch on a couple. You know, I think one of the biggest pitfalls, pitfalls people do is they don't, if they have an attorney, they don't choose the right one for their case. Ah. And that, a lot of people might think that's obvious or they overlook it. You know, there's a lot of attorneys out there. Um, and just like everything else in life, there's good ones and there's bad ones. Um, and so you need to pick the right one for your case. You can't just, you know, pick the person your friend had or your your family member had in their divorce blindly. You know, you got to, I always tell people, go on more than one, more than two, at least three consultations before you choose your attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's a big deal and it's going to cost you a lot of money. Um, even a cheaper attorney is going to cost a lot of money. And so you want to pick somebody right and who you're comfortable with. Um, and there's a lot of kind of sub issues that go into choosing the right attorney. Yeah. Uh, first of all, you got to be comfortable with the person, right? I, I always tell people like your relationship with your attorney is like a relationship with anybody else. It's an interpersonal relationship. Mm-hmm. So you got to be comfortable with that person. You got to kind of vibe off, vibe off of each other. You want to make sure you have the same kind of personality. You want to make sure you have the same values. You want to make sure that you have the same perspective on how to handle conflict. Yes. Um, yes. That's and, so important. Yeah. And, and people don't think about that when they're choosing their attorneys, you know, they're, they're either looking for a big name or just picking a recommendation blindly. Um, but you really want to interview that person and feel comfortable with that person because that can really set the tone um, and, you know, set your divorce on the right track or the wrong track. Yeah. And something that just occurred to me is that even if you get a recommendation for, from someone, right, because maybe the attorney got them a great settlement or something, um, I would think it would be important to ask, how was the process? Exactly. It's not the outcome. I can't tell you how many times I tell this to people. And I've put this in articles. I say this this in interviews all the time. Do not compare your divorce with anybody else's. Right. Divorces are like snowflakes. No two are alike. You really have to understand that. You know, your friend who got divorced and is in your ear, you know, use them for support and encouragement. But whatever happened in their divorce, your life is different than theirs. You have different assets, different jobs, different kids. Everything is different. Um, and they may have they may have gotten a great settlement, but they also may have had a process that dragged their kids through the ringer that you know actually cost them more that was emotionally turbulent they may right so you wanna don't compare don't just go for whatever somebody's outcome but go for how was their process was it did they feel safe? Did they feel taken care of? Did they feel like their needs were met, that they, their concerns were heard, right? That is such a good point, Kate. It's, it's the focus. Yes, the outcome is important, obviously, but the focus is on the process mm-hmm. uh, because the process leads to the outcome. And so, you know, divorces are not decided on a formulaic basis. Um, you know, otherwise, every, everybody's divorce would be put into a, a calculator and there would be no contested divorces and, and, and big issues. It doesn't work like that. So it's about the process. And right, if you have children, um, is there going to be an issue with custody? And if so, then you need an attorney who can handle that in the way that you want it to be handled. Right. Um, and that's a different story, you know, because if you want it to be handled in a very negative and high conflict manner, well, that's a different conversation that we have to have, right? <laughs> That's that's the conversation we have to have because listeners of my podcast know how I feel about that. Yeah, and and I don't represent people. I mean, I don't represent people anymore anyway, but when I did, I wouldn't represent that person. Right. Um, And like I said, we could have a whole conversation on on why, but yeah, you got to understand the process and that's why you want to make sure your attorney is 
you know, the right attorney for you. You know, there's different types of attorneys. There's litigators and then there's non-litigators. Right. And for those who don't know, a litigator just means somebody who likes to go to court all the time. Um, and going to court all the time is not a good thing if you want a quick and cheap divorce and want to try to negotiate and do things amicably. So, you know, if you have a, a litigator for an attorney, then it's going to be a long and expensive process. Yep. Absolutely. I think I've told this story on the podcast before and I've, and I've told, I think I told you this when we spoke before is that my, um, my, I did a collaborative uh, process and collaborative divorce is something else entirely. And it's, I think it's great. Yep. Uh, I think it's one of the best processes out there if you can collaborate. Um, but it's sort of one step more collaborative for lack of a better word than mediation. Um, and it's, uh, and our, so our collaborative attorney was on a panel once with a bunch of litigators and he turned to the litigators at one point and he said, so how do you guys know when to stop litigating? And they said, when the money runs out. Oh, I was going to say, can I guess? And that's what oh, I was going to say. Shit, sorry. <laughs> yes. When the money runs out. When I the money runs out. Yep. We're going to keep I litigating this. And then when the money runs out, when we can't make any more money off of it, then we'll quickly find a solution that probably was available months and tens of thousands of dollars ago. Can I tell you a quick story? Please. Because it, it, it boggles my mind or it doesn't, which is, I don't know, which is more disappointing, but right. <laughs> the, the, I, I was in an office and obviously I'm not going to name any names, but when I was practicing representing people, there was an attorney in my office who got a new file, a new case came in the door and I heard her talking. She knew the other spouse's attorney as well, because, you know, in, in divorce land, attorneys, it's typically a small circle. And so many divorce attorneys know each other, you know. So she called up her colleague, uh, who was also, I would say, slash friend. And I heard them talking about this new case. And the conversation pretty much was summed up like this. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a good case. They have some money. Let's make sure that, you know, we get paid on this file. If it wasn't clear enough, at least to me, being an attorney meant they're going to drag it out long enough for most of that money to be used up. And then they'll both agree and settle and move on to the next one, you know. Yep. And I remember my, my tongue was practically on the floor, yep. you know, because you hear things and, you know, you hear stories and you see this, you know, movies made about it and everything. But to actually be firsthand to hear that out in the open, I was just, I couldn't believe it. And that was another, you know, signal to me that, yeah, this is, this is not going to work out for me. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the pitfalls of the legal system is litigation. <laughs> it, it really is. You yeah. know, sometimes, sometimes you have no choice, but... If you can stay out of the court system, that is preferable. Absolutely. How do you keep, so I know how I work to keep people out of the litigation. Um, and for me, that is a really an emotional process. Um, I help. And, you know, unfortunately, I wish I could do it with both parties uh, in the, in the divorce process, but I really only tend to do it with the women. Um, but what I do is I work with people to get past their blame and resentments uh, and move forward from forgiveness. And uh, I, 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 sometimes I say neutrality. I don't think that's the right word. I got to find a better word. But it's the peace and the calm that comes after the storm when you've processed through it all, where there's acceptance and you're not, you're not angry anymore. Um, and one of the things that I often talk about is the fact that, you know, in the U.S., we, in other countries, there's a two-year waiting period. In some other countries, I think Brazil has it, the U.K. has it, and I don't know if I don't know of other countries that do. But there's a two-year mandatory waiting period from the date of separation to the date you can begin filing for divorce. 
And that gives you this emotional space to heal. And if you, if we all took that space and what, but what we do here is the marriage blows up and then we go to court. And so we are making the biggest legal and financial decisions of our lives in the midst of the biggest emotional upheaval of our lives. And it's a shit show. Well said. (laughs) So I work with people to heal the emotional, you know, go through the emotional stuff and heal that and come to forgiveness and all of that stuff, right? So that when they go to mediate, it is, at least on their side, it's clearer. There's no anger. There's no blame. There's no resentment. And they can go through the process a lot more cleanly. So how do you, how do you help people um, avoid that trap? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I tell this to people too. You know what a divorce really is when it comes down to it, right? A divorce is a business transaction. Yeah. So, and so is a marriage, by the way. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and so the problem is when the emotions get involved, yeah. um, that's what mucks everything up. Yep. So most states now have what's called a no-fault divorce, uh-huh. meaning you don't have to have a, a reason to get divorced. You can get divorced for any reason. Um, you know, in a lot of states, they call that irreconcilable differences. Before that, there was what you would call fault. You know, you had to, when you filed a complaint for divorce, pick a cause of action such as adultery or a lot of states would have a time limit like you were just talking about, except it was a lot shorter. It would be like maybe uh, six months, 18 months of separation before you can file a complaint for divorce, which sounds good. I'll be honest, I'm not sure if I agree with that um, because I wouldn't want anybody to tell me when it's time for me, you know, and that I have to stay in a marriage or a toxic situation any longer than well, I can bear. You together. You just, but you're just, but it's the emotion, the legal ties sort of bind you emotionally is what you're saying. Is that? Yeah, sort of. The, you know, people definitely, I always tell, told my clients, you should be in therapy during the divorce process. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes I would make it mandatory because, you know, not because you need it because you're depressed or, you know, anything like that. But in a contested divorce, you need somebody to objectively help you manage everything that's going on, you know, and it's and, and it can be a lot. So, you know, as an attorney, I don't really have the time to do that. Clients would call me and you know, I would say, listen, I'm more than happy to talk to you as long as you want. But then when you get the bill at the end of the month, don't come yelling at me. You know, I can play. Yeah. This is a big, a big issue is that a lot of people use their attorneys as therapists. Right. And you know, I, I minored in psychology. If I wasn't an attorney, I'd probably be a psychologist, but you know, I'd rather you go to a a licensed professional uh, than, than talk to me. And so I would always do that. But I think it's so important because you need that objective. And I say that very strongly because, you know, friends and family are not objective. And you need that objective voice uh, to help you manage uh, everything that's going on. Yes. And that's a large part of what I do as well. So I think definitely a therapist or a coach. Right. By your side to help you process the feelings as it's happening. Because, and people think, you know, people, here's the deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this really clearly, and I think you're going to agree with me. I, I actually know you are. <laughs> but here's the deal. A lot of people say, but I'm already, I'm already paying an attorney. It's a lot of money uh, to pay a coach or a therapist and an attorney at the same time. But here's what Jason and I can both tell you, is that having someone, having a coach along for the ride will save you money. Yes. It will save you money because a we're a lot we're a lot I'm a lot cheaper than your by the hour than your uh, attorney and if you're calling your attorney with emotional shit like you're you're wasting so much money yes and they're not qualified that's not their training but also it will cut down the the duration of the process to have somewhere else to process your emotions I agree 100 percent and and think about it like this right because money. I'm assuming it's important to most people. Um, And if people had a choice, they'd probably want to spend less on their divorce than more. So think about it. Would you rather spend 
thousands of dollars talking to your attorney, not getting the the real help that you need to, to get through these things? Or do you want to spend less money talking to an additional person on your team? But that's just it. You have to think about it as a, a team approach. When you get divorced, you need to form your team. You do. And, and that team in an ideal situation should be, in addition to your friends and family, an attorney, a coach, a therapist. Um, and like you said, Kate, a coach and a therapist can overlap in a lot of ways. Yep. So, um, you know, one or the other, um, if not both. But right, you know, I understand people not wanting to or, or who don't have the resources to spend on, you know, eight different people. But that's not what we're saying. We're saying in the, to- in the total circumstances, at the end of the day, you're going to spend less with more people than just using your attorney, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I would add to that list a certified divorce financial, uh, what is it? A certified yes, planner. You know, divorce planner. What, what are they called? <laughs> or analyst, a financial analyst or planner. Yeah, yeah but there's the special ones that are certified in divorce. And the right. divorce financial planner, I think is what they're called. I'm going to have one on the podcast soon. And I think that that is a super you know, important piece to have. When you go through collaborative divorce, the collaborative process actually requires all of those pieces. You have um, an attorney who is the collaborative attorney and you have either you each have a coach um, or there's, if you can do it this way, my ex and I actually shared a coach, but if you don't want to do that, you can just each have one uh, right. a financial person. And it's, it was, it was a process, but it was a team and we all met together in person uh, every, however often we did until it, I, I don't even remember at this point, it was so long ago, but uh, the team approach was really, I think it was important. It it so is, you know, and it'll make the process go smoother, quicker. Um, and then especially if both sides have their team assembled, you know, that yep. that's a perfect situation. Um, and in collaborative, like you said, that's pretty much how it goes. Yep. So, yeah, I can't stress that enough. Like, you know, picking the right team, getting the right people in place, that's going to help you in the long run. And it will cost you less. I mean, that's the thing is that it might well, right. like it might feel overwhelming and it's and that it's costing more, but it actually actually in the long run, I think it will cost less. Absolutely. What are some other pitfalls of the legal system that people that you see or that you help people avoid? Well, since we're kind of talking about attorneys, um, a, a big question that I get a lot is. Because remember, when I started, I started working with people who didn't have attorneys. And so, you know, the biggest question I get was, well, do I need an attorney for my divorce? Yeah. Um, right. And we kind of talked about that a little bit. But like my, I, told, I tell people, and I think I said this already, if you can afford one, get one. Um, because a coach is great, um, but they're not an attorney. You know, it's a different skill set. Um, even if you use me, who is an attorney, I'm not a substitute for an attorney next to you or somebody to go to court with you. And if you have to argue a motion uh, in front of a judge, you know, I will coach you how to do that, but I'm not going to be there with you. So there's a lot of factors that go into whether you need an attorney or not. You know, is it going to be a simple divorce or a complicated divorce? Are you a, a confident person by nature? Do you like public speaking? Or are you an introvert who kind of shies away from that stuff? That's a big factor right there. Does your spouse have an attorney? That's not necessarily a deal breaker, but if your spouse has an attorney, then you might want to really seriously consider getting one for yourself. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so, because you don't want to be, you don't want to be raked over the coals or sort of outnumbered or an out right. and out sort of knowledge. Right. I mean, right. Right. It's not, it's not going to be fair, no matter how smart or capable you are, you know, an attorney has different training and knows the system better than you knows the players, the judges, the courtroom, you know, it's just not going to be an even playing field. And, and that's all you want in a divorce really is an even playing field. Um, and one of the things that you do is you help people go through as a, as a coach, part of what you do because you were an attorney too, is help people teach them how to advocate for themselves in the, in the court system. If they don't have an attorney, am I right? Right. That, that, if you don't have an attorney, I pretty much coach you and everything, you know, how you need to act, what you need to say, um, 
you know, what kind of evidence you need to present. Really the soup to nuts because you're representing yourself. So I'm trying to dump all my knowledge into your brain um, and, and get you in shape really to do what you need to do to put yourself in the best position to succeed. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Divorce You? Sure, I'd love to. Um, yeah. Divorce You, which stands for Divorce University, if it wasn't clear. Um, I created that. It's my, it's my baby. Um, I created that to be one of the most, if not the most comprehensive, uh, affordable online divorce resource uh, for people who are looking uh, for either a supplement uh, to keep their legal, legal bills down if they have an attorney or as a fully inclusive uh, resource if you don't have an attorney and you are going through the process, you know, representing yourself. So Divorce You has three programs in it, a bachelor's, master's, and PhD program, and depending on what kind of help you really need. Um, so I've created video courses, um, literally how-to video courses narrated by me that walk you through every step of the divorce process. Um, from beginning to end, from even before you file, just to preparing for divorce because preparation is so important. And then all the way through a divorce trial, which hopefully you don't have to go through, but if you ever do, I walk you through all of that. So there's video courses, there's divorce forums where people can ask questions, I respond, and then everybody can see all the questions that everybody else is asking and my answers. So you know, if you have a question about divorce, trust me, somebody else does too. And so um, the divorce forums is an added resource. Um, and then on top of all that, um, depending on what program you choose, you get personal one-on-one -on -one divorce coaching with me, um, where we talk uh, about your situation, because again, every divorce is different. Um, and so we do your divorce coaching and we'll tackle the issues that need to be tackled and figure out and come up with a custom plan to get you through whatever it is that you're going through. And, uh, you know, the goal is to obviously get it done uh, as quickly and cheaply as possible with as little conflict as possible. And, you know, sometimes conflict is unavoidable, but that's when you, that's when having a coach is so important uh, to kind of work you through that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's, there's different kinds of conflict, right? There's strategic and logistical conflict and then there's emotional conflict. And we often in the divorce process, we conflate them. Right. And we create logistical and strategic conflict out of emotional conflict. And that just doesn't really work for, it's, it's just, it's just not, um, it's not beneficial. No. Right. Yeah. It's like oil and vinegar. Yeah. What are some of the things that within in clients that you work with, what are some of the top things, top issues that you see over and over and over again that you wish everybody knew? Oh, wow. Um, you know, people are confused a lot of times with, you know, what they should be trying to present as evidence to kind of not win the argument, but support their position. Um, so, you know, I, I work with people, you know, a lot with that, you know, if they want to, if they're trying to get alimony or child support, then, you know, there's a way to go about doing that. You know, you need certain documents. Um, you have to put, it's like painting a picture for the court or the mediator or whoever it is you're working with trying to resolve the issues. You want to paint them a picture of, you know, the beginning, how you got to the situation and where everybody is now and what the future, you know, in your opinion, should look like post-divorce. And so there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And so I work with people trying to put that painting together. I, I deal with, you know, custody issues a lot, parenting time, disputes. That's always a big one. And just getting through the process, you know, understanding how a divorce works, like the nuts and bolts of the process itself. People don't always understand, you know, the different stages of divorce. And so I work with them to kind of prepare them and get them through every stage. What are the stages as you see them? So it all starts with before the legal divorce begins, it's the breakdown in the marriage. And so that's what I would just call the preparation stage. Uh, you're preparing for divorce. 
you've decided in your mind that the marriage is no longer reconcilable. And I always encourage people to try to reconcile a marriage if possible, because that's most important. But if you've exhausted those options and you are just know it's time for a divorce, then there's a lot of things that you need to do to prepare for the divorce properly. That's gathering documents, making sure you have emergency contingencies in place in case, God forbid, uh, you know, there's an abuse aspect or domestic violence becomes uh, part of the process, which hopefully doesn't, but you got to be prepared. Um, And so that's why everybody's situation is different. Um, But preparation is one stage. Then you have the actual uh, divorce itself, uh, which encompasses everything from the filing of the complaint for divorce through the discovery phase, the negotiation phase. That's a big phase. I could break that down into, you know, probably 10 different sub phases. Um, But for purposes of, you know, our conversation, that would be like the second stage. And then the third stage is the post-divorce life. You know, what is your life going to look like post-divorce? Are you still going to have to have communication with your spouse? Do you share children? Are you going to still share assets? How's that going to look? How's that going to work? Um, how are you going to communicate with each other? What if there's a problem? You know, do you want to have to go back to court or do you want to have things kind of spelled out as much as possible so you don't have to go back to court? So that's the post-divorce stage. And that sounds like even the post-divorce st- stage is sort of set up in the divorce stage, right? And then it's... It should be set up. Yeah, that, that's the point. Um, a lot of people kind of neglect the post-divorce because they just want to get divorced and be done with it. Right. And they don't think about, oh, how do we want to be with each other once we get through this? How do we want to, what kind of relationship do we want to have for, you know, for me, again, on the psycho-emotional perspective from the, um, is that, you know, how do we want to behave in front of our children? What kind exactly. of commitment do we want to have to, right, am I opening the door and letting my kid out like the dog? Or are we agreeing that every time we do an exchange, we're going to have a pleasant conversation? Are we able to do that for the sake of our children? Exactly. I mean, you can't, you know, I I would have the divorce agreements that I would have when I represented people would be about, you know, 50 to 70 pages long. They were not short documents, but you can't, it's impossible to anticipate every scenario that could come up and then have that spelled out um, in writing. So you do the best you can and you kind of foresee as much as possible for your specific situation. But, you know, things are always going to come up. But the point is you want to have some sort of idea, if you can, amongst everybody, how how are you going to handle situations when they come up? Because they will come up. And then that's the the question is what's going to happen after that? Did I answer the question? <laughs> yes. Abs- no, yeah. We were talking about the stages of divorce. Absolutely, we did. And it's okay. interesting, right? It is because you're trying to you're trying to account for every eventuality, but of course you can't, right? You don't want to think about the fact that, well, what happens if my ex, you know, uh, this is one that I hear a lot. Well, what happens if I start dating someone? Or what happens if he starts dating someone? Don't I get a say? in when she meets him, you know, when she meets yep. my kids, right? And you can actually work that into your agreement. Uh, you know, my thing is always, if you trust him and if he's a reasonable adult and you trust his choices, then like, you know, let him make the decision if you trust him as a father. But if you think that there are going to be issues down the line, then put that in the agreement. Exactly. The, the issues that you can foresee Include them because it doesn't hurt to include them. Um, But like you said, you can't possibly foresee everything. And, you know, nobody's life turns out the way they initially planned it. You got to be able to roll with the punches as, as life goes on. And, you know, having an understanding with your spouse, if possible, on how you are both going to roll with those punches, that's the ideal situation you want. So you're sort of an advisor, like the work that you do is like, you sort of advise people on what they should be, should and shouldn't be bringing into their attorney, which is a real money saver. Yeah, that's the idea. I mean, (laughs) it's it's like having an attorney, but not paying for it. Um, (laughs) 
Jason. Which makes me think, well, maybe I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> we got to rethink your plan here. Right. <laughs> but it is. But, but, here, but you don't have to file the documents. You don't have to deal with, right? You just say, here, here's how, here's what, you know, you should be asking for. And I, I mean, I, I do think it's, I think it's invaluable. I really do. It, it's, I, I hope people see the value in it. I really, I really hope people see the value in it. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. I mean, half the problem, I think, which you pointed out is, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes you don't, you don't even know the questions to ask. Right. And so I think that's in large part what I, what I help do is I bring up things that if you're not thinking about them, you need to be thinking about them from an attorney's point of view. Um, if you don't have an attorney and if you have an attorney, then like I said, people like to talk with me to keep their legal bill down, to make sure that they're comfortable with what their attorney is doing. If they have any doubts or concerns and um, you know, I'm that kind of go between from those big ticket items and the big, you know, the big hearings and then when you have to go to court, if you have to go to court. So um, that's kind of the, the, the space that I fill. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's important. I, I just, you know, I'm always, I always think about when I, when I got divorced, I consulted uh, a divorce attorney first, uh, just cause I wanted to get the lay of the land. I wanted, that was very smart. <laughs> it was right. I wanted to understand what my rights were. I knew that we were going to mediate. I knew this is not going to be contentious. I knew that we could get through it, but I, this was an area I just knew nothing about. And so I consulted an attorney and the attorney, I've, I've told this story before on the podcast, I'm sure, but I'll tell you now again, the attorney said, you know, I was a stay at home mom, so I didn't have any income of my own. And I'm looking at, well, what am I, what am I supposed to be mediating for? <laughs> right. When we get right. there, really for me, it was about the financial settlement. I knew that we were going to be 50, 50, um, so it was really about the financial settlement. What was, what was I owed quote unquote, right. For spousal support and child support. And right. so in California, the, the online formula thingy is called a disamaster, right. And you plug in the numbers, you plug in his income, you plug in my income and you plug in the percentage of custody that you think is going to, uh, uh, you're going to have. Right. And so it spit out a number. And I was like, okay, that seems to make sense. And then he said, but now if you were to slide the custody percentage over a little bit and give you more custody, you see how those other numbers go up. And I was like, yeah, but you know, my, my husband was a fantastic father, uh, my ex-husband now, but he's, he's an amazing father. He's dedicated. He's like, you know, his life is his children. Right. And I, thought, and I was like, I, but I don't, why, I, why would I want to take my child away from his father? You know, and it's also like, my son is obsessed with his dad. Why would I come between that? Right. And he said, well, so you can get more money. That's the problem. And this is another one of the problems, right? This is another one of the pitfalls. And then it, be, and I, and me, and here's the thing, but if I didn't know, if I had been a different kind of person, if I don't know, right? I think this is a pitfall that people fall into so easily is that they go, oh, well then what do I have to do to get more custody? And then, they, so then the, the attorney told me, that if we disparaged my husband, oh God! Um, if we said that he, my son, wasn't safe with him, or that you know, whatever it was, right? He was going to start weaving a yarn to support me getting more custody, and so that I could get more money, so that he could get more money. And I could just see where this was going. And I was like, I left there and I felt so disgusting. Yeah. You see, that's a prime example of um, picking the right attorney. <laughs> Absolutely. 
This was not my attorney because my commitment was that this was going to be collaborative, that we were going to have 50, 50 custody. That wasn't even, that wasn't even before he said it, I wasn't going in there going, how much custody should we have? In my world, we were having 50, 50 custody. That was just, there was literally no question about it. Right. If it could have been a hundred percent, a hundred percent that we would have done that too. But like, you know, it doesn't work that way when you're splitting up a household. Yeah. I never wanted to be without my son and I never wanted my, my husband to be without his son. And so I, you know, anyway. What you just described, Kate, is one of the, you know, as a former divorce attorney and just as an attorney, what you just described is one of those scenarios where, you know, it makes me ashamed to be kind of part of that group. And, um, you know, that's where all the bad stories come from, uh, from people like that. And not to say that, that that attorney is a bad person, but that's one of the reasons why I quit was because if you do this long enough, from what I've seen, the attorneys that do this for 20, 30 plus years, you can't help it. It's just, you just become ingrained. Yeah. It's like the system almost takes you over that it's automatic. And, you know, if you asked him like, well, what's wrong with you? He'd look at you like, what do you mean? What's wrong with me? Right. Right. Absolutely. It's sort of, and it's even like, you know, it's sort of veterinarians that begin to see animals, not as animals. They're just sort of, you know, they're, it, you know, it's, it becomes a clinical approach, right? Right. I think that that you lose the, you lose the humanity. The longer you do something, you become more clinical about something and the humanity goes out of it. And divorce is such a human driven experience uh, that's so multi-layered. Uh, and I think that's, that is one of the biggest pitfalls. Uh, and, you know, you and I have talked about the movie Divorce Corp. Yes. Uh, which really goes into this. It, I know that, there, I know you have mixed feelings about it, right? Divorce Corp? Yeah. I, yeah, you know, I think we talked about it. I, I saw the movie. I thought that it, it was accurate on a number of things, um, but it also kind of, you know, embellished or blew up, you know, yeah. wasn't so accurate on, on other things. But um, all in all, you know, I have to say, you know, there are a lot of problems with the court system, divorce court system today, yeah. um, which is why I encourage and I'm sure you encourage people to stay out of it if possible. I really do. I really do. And that, and by the way, just to like, uh, two things. Um, first is that when we say to stay out of the court system and stay out of litigation does not mean to not have an attorney. <laughs> right. No, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> not what we're talking about. Having a, and I, and I feel like I may not be clear enough about that when I talk about this. And I want to be really clear about that, that actually you, you do need a divorce attorney. <laughs> um, you can afford one, get one. Right. And you know, you may not, and like you, it's not like you need one to file because the mediator can file for you. You can file for yourself, but but, you know, get a divorce attorney. We're not against attorneys. No. We're against, uh, I, I think I can speak for both of us, that we're against the litigation system that drags divorces into the spiral like I just talked about. Um, so I think that's an important distinction. Yes. D- um, what did we call it? Like, like right, litigation doesn't mean you don't need an attorney or an att- right. having an attorney doesn't mean you're going to court. Um, right. It doesn't, and like litigation, avoiding the litigation system does not mean that you're avoiding getting an attorney. That's no, right. an attorney is your coach, your advisor. Um, that's really what they are. Um, so you can have that person and not go to court. And like you said, go to mediate, you can do a collaborative divorce. There's so many different ways to get divorced other than going to court. Yeah. Um, so, um, right. The attorney, attorney and court are not necessarily synonymous. Right. Um, and just to just to backtrack a little bit, we were just talking about the movie Divorce Corp. If if anyone if people haven't seen it, and they're like, "What the hell are they talking about?" <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a documentary uh, that was made about the divorce, about the litigation system specifically, and about family law. And it's narrated by Dr. Drew. And it's uh, it's it's one of those movies that I, I hate to recommend because it's horrifying. <laughs> Uh, and terrifying. And as Jason pointed out, it, it embellishes and it gets a little bit, what's a little hysterical, I think about uh, some, sometimes about uh, what's the word I want to use. It's a little dramatic or no inflammatory. Yeah. Well, it's a movie. Let's be honest. It's a, it's a movie. So that they were not going to make it 
not that way. So, um, you know, it was made to get the conversation going to kind of get people's juices flowing if for lack of a better word. Um, you know, and so they, they, they made parts of it more, I think dramatic than the reality is. But like I said, I think it's a good movie for everybody to see. I do too. I do too. All that being said, I think it's an important movie. And I think, and I think that here's the thing that even the dramatic parts and the, the parts that are inflammatory are, they are all people's real stories. It's just that it's not the entire picture, right? It's not right. all that common, but it's like the worst case scenario is, if, is of if I had gone with this attorney. It's literally the worst case scenario. Well, right. everything bad about the process is in the movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Worst case scenarios across the board, but it is. I think it's important for everyone to see. Uh, I actually just had a conversation with someone. I said, have you seen Divorce Corp? And he said, yes. And I even showed it to my ex. He had a terrible divorce with, uh, and his ex-wife, he showed it to her before they got divorced and was like, let's do everything in our power to avoid this. And she still dragged him. She watched it and still dragged him through litigation. And he was like, how could he, how could she watch that movie and still just be like, that's nice, dear, and continue on. So, um, but I do think just watching it, if you have, you know, both people watch it to go, okay, like we need to avoid this at all costs. Right, right. I, I think Kate and I want to be clear. We want you to watch it with the intent from the perspective of that's not what you want. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yes. You literally <laughs> want to watch this to, to be educated against ab- about how this could go and what you want to avoid. And you can see the signs, right? Like you can, if you're educated, then you can see the signs as you go along. Right. Yes. That's what we mean. <laughs> Oof, just want to be clear. Good point, Jason. Right. <laughs> well, so um, we're going to have a, you have a freebie for, uh, for my people, how to co-parent with an a-hole, <laughs> <laughs> which will be linked in the show notes. Is there anything else that you want people to know before we say goodbye? This was really fun. Thank you again for having me on. Um, Anybody who wants to know more about me, you can find me at uh, jasonlavoy.com. You can learn more about uh, my Divorce You coaching program there. Uh, and if you have any questions, you can always just email me and I'll get back to you at uh, jason at jasonlavoy.com. Awesome. Jason, thank you so much. This was such an important and uh, rich conversation. And I look forward to, Jason and I are going to be cooking some stuff up together behind the scenes. We're We've been talking about some stuff, so we're going to try and do that somehow, some way. <laughs> yes, yes. We're, we're, we're conspiring. We'll, we'll make it happen. We're going to change the face of divorce together. Somebody everybody. has to do it. Somebody's got to do it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Jason. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll talk soon. Thanks again, Kate. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. You can find me over at kateanthony.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.